0: Here we go. My name's Todd. Can you hear me?
1: This is Kathy. Yes, I think.
0: Yeah, I I set our mics down a little bit. Maybe I'll bring them up just a hair. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Um, Welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 383. Uh, What is UnParenting Radio? It's a podcast where we will help you to feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? I do. And always remember our motto is, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, I'm going to share a story about a discussion I had with some guys in my men's group. I promised it last week, but we ran out of time. I just drank a smoothie. Are you choking? (laughs) Don't choke. I just drank a smoothie. It's three twenty-three in the afternoon, and I just had breakfast. I know. What's up with that? What up with that? What up with that? Ooh oh, wee. wee. What up with that? You have to play it. I know. I'll maybe I'll find it when you're jabbing. Wait. When you're jibber jabbering. Well. Sweetie, we both jab. It's fine.
1: Okay. So this is that's But it,
0: it's hard for me to look while jabbing because I'm jabbing.
1: Right. Okay. Because But if
0: you're jabbing, I can look.
1: It sounds gender specific, jabbing.
0: No, and we're gonna talk about gender today.
1: Okay, good, because you're saying everybody's jabbing.
0: Yes. You're not saying Kathy is a jabber. No more so than all the other people out there, sweetie. Including yourself. Including myself. You're a jibber-jabber, too. Um, So we're going to share a little uh, discussion I had with some of the guys in my men's group about male, female, masculine, feminine, all that good stuff. I know we've talked about it in the past, but I feel compelled to bring it up again. And then we also have a a listener's question if we want to go there. Okay. And, oh, we have a New York Times guy that we'll bring him in. There's a New York Times guy, Andrew Reiner, wrote a a post, an article, talking to boys the way we talk to girls. So maybe we'll get to that. Okay. Who knows? what you want that? Yeah, thank you. Oh, I highlighted. That was my copy though. I didn't make you a copy. That's fine. Okay. I might need that back. I know. It's fine. <laughs> um, but first, um I we do like to kind of share our lives with our audience. So, sweetie, it's what about Somewhat. Somewhat, but what about this? <laughs>
1: You know what? What you should, um, yes, just a great big yes with an exclamation point! But we played this song last week, so you should play another Backstreet no, Boys. Song. No, because
0: this is the only song that I like.
1: Well, there are so many good songs.
0: So, um, me and my honey went to Las Vegas and we saw the Backstreet Boys concert. Now, sure I, did. just give a quick review to the folks out there that might be traveling to Vegas. How was it? It was excellent.
1: It was fantastic. Did it it
0: meet or exceed your expectations? Uh, Because the expectations were pretty high there.
1: Well, then it exceeded. Mm. I mean, and I'm saying, I guess it's just all relative because I don't go into shows thinking, will everybody else like this as much as I do? I kind of go in and decide how I feel about it. And it was exactly what I wanted. It was great. And I'm actually kind of sad because it's over. And
0: now we're back in the basement. I'm recording a podcast. I'm
1: struggling to not be in Vegas because it was really fun. And I so yeah, if you were going to Vegas, or you're in that neck of the woods already, definitely go see them. It's so fun. They're such great energy. But it's a totally different experience for me personally, because I it's not about seeing a show. I really like them. And I like their music. Who's your favorite? well interesting brian has always been my favorite but uh he's
0: so cute
1: it's not about him being oh, cute sorry he's uh, not it's, cute and they are they're all cute Oh, he is cute but it's not about i'm not like i like him because he's cute i like him because he was typically the lead singer and uh aj is also they all are you know, Howie's are. not the lead singer Howie was right behind us remember when he came up right behind us sort of and then that girl totally grabbed I had a, him.
0: I had a few cocktails. A
1: few. And uh, that girl totally grabbed him and wouldn't let him go when it was time to go back on stage. Don't remember that oh at all. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Um, yeah, they do. The, it's amazing. You know, that's the thing is Vegas shows are amazing because they're so uh, they're produced so well um, that you can't lose. Mm. You know, like there's so much screen and. You know sound and and visual stuff it was and a
0: bunch of really excited women and and, and some s- men some guys the sixty year old guy behind me yes, he and I we just knew every he word knew, that guy knew every word
1: I know it was great, so it's very like I'm very melancholy about it because I'm sad it's over, and um so I like talking about it, but it just. <laughs> It's just, you know, some things come and go and I'm just not ready for it to go.
0: It's over, sweetie.
1: I would go back in a second.
0: I know you would. Um, So I just wanted to give uh, you the the floor for... Giving us a review. I know.
1: Can of, you tell? It's hard for me to talk about. But what? But thank you for going because I know it wasn't your first uh, choice, but it really it was the anchor of our whole trip. It's why we went. Yeah. And it we ended booked up being around great.
0: the BSB, not NKOTB, BSB.
1: Right. Just BSB. And we also got to see the Beatles show at the Mirage, which is all, you know, it's a Cirque des um I think I'm saying that right. Uh, I have no idea. Show uh, based on. It's called Love, but it's based on all the Beatles music. So when it's the real Beatles music, it's not somebody singing it. It's like the Beatles. And it was pretty amazing. Is
0: that a slowed down version?
1: I think that's a live version, which is why you're still going with it.
0: What about this one? There you go. Are these all like on slow version?
1: You are asking the wrong person because you're in front of the computer. But I'm willing to bet that you probably just can't pull the, the Beatles songs up very easily.
0: Because they're hiding under Michael Jackson's estate.
1: Right. We were talking about that. Do you guys remember, uh, listeners, that Michael Jackson bought the rights to all of the Beatles music? Mm-hmm. And that was like a really big...
0: Because Paul McCartney told him during the Say 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 video yes. that this is how you get rich by owning music. So he yes. went ahead and bought all the Beatles music <laughs>
1: and it was a little bit of a Friction. fallout yeah. yeah but well understandably it's a it's kind of a weird thing to do like I said to Todd when we were talking about it I'd love to know the real story behind that because obviously yes Michael's gonna make money but he would not want someone else to have access to his music I'm not quite sure what the I don't know it was an interesting move
0: Remember this video? Of course. All right. Enough to say, um, say, and say. the
1: other Cirque du Soleil show is a Michael Jackson one. There's a bunch of them there.
0: Yeah, and I didn't want to see Michael's. I'd rather see the Beatles. They are I'm sure Michael's is just as amazing. Right. Crazy. What what I got out of that was people are pretty amazing. What they can do. Oh my gosh.
1: A- about you mean the the love the performers? Stuff? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you know what part we forgot to talk about was where they like pulled the the sheet over everybody's head. Yeah, that was fun. And then it like got sucked into the ground. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yeah. I yeah, mean, there's, there's a lot of cool things. There were some visual things that were very cool. Bottom line, uh, Todd's going to move on to our, to the truth or what we're really going to talk about in the show. But I will just say that it's, A Very good to get away. Um, I was uh, telling Todd that I was having a hard time the day we got home because he wasn't paying full attention to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you're away, it's just the two of you. And, you know, you're paying just attention to each other, you walk in the room, and you know, you listen to each other. And then when we got home, um, you he can't pay full attention to me anymore. It's like, and I can't pay full attention to him. Like we have children and we have the house and we have our families. You know, I had to go back into all the modes that I go into in our work. And it was kind of like, that's kind of the melancholy. It's, it's hard coming home from vacation. <laughs> but with that said, there are some people that say, well, I don't go on vacation because it's too hard to reacclimate. That I disagree with. You have to break up here. You have to find, you know, life is a, about having an experience and then letting it go, but it doesn't mean you don't have any experiences. Yet. Get
0: busy living or get busy dying. That's, That's right. Andy Dufresne, sweetie. So go to it. Um, so I, you might have to kind of pull me back a little bit, sweetie. I I'm think I to
1: will. I'm a little nervous about this series, topic, a nervous. yeah.
0: So I did a presentation at Mankind Project and I talked a lot about masculine, feminine, um, healthy masculinity, toxic masculinity, but I started my talk at the very beginning Uh, saying, you know, if you turn on the news, um, most of the bad news stories that are happening are as a result of toxic masculinity. And right out of the gate, this guy raised his hand. He's like, well, it sounds like you're just kind of guy bashing. You're male bashing and I don't agree with it. And he kind of threw me a curveball. Mm -hmm. So, um... So I said this story to, um, we had our our tribe meeting, my monthly men's group, and every June, instead of us talking about something authentic and kind of working on ourselves, our June tribe meeting is always play like you did when you were 12 years old. So we end up playing pickleball, dodgeball, and baseball all in one night. And afterwards, we sit on my back deck and have fun conversations and get to know each other a little bit better. And within the context, most of the guys were already gone, but there's about eight guys left, and I told that story about how I um, gave this lead, this presentation, to this uh, group of men, and there were women in the group too, uh, at at the Mankind Project, which is where I did the talk, and how um, this guy kind of threw me a curveball saying, dude, you're just guy bashing and... Uh, I totally disagree with you and everything else. And I just wanted to get their feedback. And some guys kind of were with me and some guys were indecisive. And there's even a few other guys that said, well, um, you know, Todd, I don't think that it's a masculine feminine issue or a male female issue. It's a humanity issue. Mm -hmm. So those uh, those comments disturbed me a little bit because from my perspective, Um, the reason, um, that we are struggling in this world is because of toxic masculinity. Does that mean that it's all guys? Of course it does not mean that it's all guys, but if, if we can't get to the point where we at least know what the problem is, there's no way we're going to solve it. So I'm, so I struggle with that. And I talked to you a little bit about it the next morning because, you know, even on, on my deck, there's eight guys there fathering 18 daughters, Mm -hmm. 18 daughters. And the stat I think is one out of four college females will get sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. So if you do the math, that is, uh, four or five of our daughters are going to be sexually assaulted, not by another woman, but by another man. Now I think it's important for me to say that it's the minority of men, drastic minority of men that are, um, killing the planet that are hurting each other, that are starting wars. It's the, it's the small minority, but it's the men and it's not the women. Does that mean all women are pure and don't cause havoc in this world? Of course not. There's women out there that do it too. But-
1: Well, that, <coughs> sorry, the the I think the language you're looking for is that who is in leadership right now? White, straight, man. Right. So it's not, so we can sit here and like, you know, differentiate like what's the percentage and who's doing what, but There, there are men who are harming, and there are women who are harming. But who is our leadership, and Mm -hmm. what is the? Are we do we right now live in a in a patriarchy for sure? Of course we do. Right. So it's not about saying men are bad, women are good. This is this is always the, the
0: the tricky part. The
1: tricky part, and why we like to have a discussion about it and not give you absolutes. Like here's the end all be all. But I think Todd's point is what he said is. We have to know what the problem is before we can fix it. And if when men hear that men or male leadership is causing certain problems, if they become personally offended or defensive, um, then it's hard to ever have the conversation at all because it's not a personal thing. It's not about you are doing it When, when we're talking about a patriarchy or a man, we're not pointing it. All men. all men or that men, man that we're talking to. It's about, do you see a pattern of behavior and a, and a belief system that is out in the ethers that affects not just women, but the men too. Mm-hmm. The men suffer and struggle because of this too. Mm-hmm. So, but it also affects the women in pretty significant ways that I think men are not always aware of. Right, That's important right. because we have talked about this on the show before that it's very difficult to understand something you haven't personally seen or experienced, and a lot and because Todd and I talk as much as we do, and because he's raising daughters, these issues like sexual assault, like the way women are treated in the workplace, you know, gender equality on all levels, Todd is very he's seeing it and hearing
0: it a lot. So when I hear a man say, this isn't a masculinity issue or a male issue. This is a human issue. I just think to myself, that's very convenient to say, Mm -hmm. to make ourselves feel better. But from my perspective, that it's not a humanity issue. It's a toxic masculinity. And I will say that, and we've shared this on the show many times, masculine and feminine. I have feminine qualities in me. You have uh, masculine qualities in you, but my kind of center of gravity is I'm more masculine than I am f- uh, feminine. So when a man says to me, well, it's just a humanity issue and why can't we just focus on, uh, humanity? There's a house that's on fire. It's burning down to the ground. And what, when I say that, what does that mean? Look at how many people are in prison, men versus women. Look at how many people are in power, men versus women. Um, how, who's raping who it's me, it's the men and not the women like that it's just a convenient thing to say well it's just humanity and it's not what we what I'm trying to do is inspire the people that I can touch either virtually or in person that it's going to take us good men to stand up with everybody else, as opposed to, well, this is a female issue, so I don't have to worry about it.
1: Or here's the thing that I think gets difficult for people to understand is we can decide it's a humanity issue and focus on that while simultaneously addressing the issues of toxic masculinity. I think that there are some people that will say it is very convenient um, or they, they will say it's a humanity issue and say, you know, and they do that for convenience because they really think that it's not gender specific but i think there's both i think we can say why can't like we did the show about you know talking to men about not hitting women and mm. the truth is men should be talked about not they should not hit anybody yeah. same with girls you yeah. know girls and women it's not about just don't hit other girls or women it's a don't hit anybody yeah. don't hit men either so those are the um Those are the issues that the humanity issues where we can have the same message for everyone Mm -hmm. while simultaneously focusing on the fact that we're still coming out of some, we're still, I don't even know if we're coming out of it, we're kind of still living it in some ways, a toxic masculinity type culture, a patriarchal culture that we're still dealing with the The offshoots of that, like what that shows up looking like domestic abuse and mm-hmm. sexual abuse and women's rights you know being taken away, and um women not being considered or not being at the table when a health care bill is is coming up, and women not getting as much money as other men for the same job like women
0: in a parking garage having to be nervous about you know where they park
1: right, and that is one of those things that I was talking about that men don't understand is men will say, what do you mean? That's our normal. And is that okay? I don't think it is. No, it's not. I don't think it's normal that my mom's gift to me the other day was a siren that I put on my Mm keychain. So if I'm alone in a parking garage, I can pull it. Like we can say, oh, well, that's just our normal. And men can say, well, I've been mugged or attacked too. I get that. Um, So it's not, again, I see the humanity issue. Do men get attacked? Yes, Yes, absolutely. Do more women
0: get attacked by men? Uh, yes,
1: and sexually assaulted for sure. Right. Do boys get sexually assaulted? Yes, right. but again, when Todd says house on fire, what he means is there seems to be it's disproportionate. There's mm-hmm. definitely more women experiencing this despair, you know this this kind of violence, if it be emotional or physical. This this inequality, and it doesn't mean that we can't start shifting our message to encompass all of humanity, like. It doesn't mean that we can't say, let's start teaching everyone the same way. I'm on board with that. But simultaneously, can we address what's happening right now? Right. Because that's what's frustrating to me is where you – I know it's frustrating to you because we've talked about it. But is when people say – either they deny that certain things are happening when I work with women and hear these stories every day and have had these stories personally happen yeah. to me. When they'll say, no, that doesn't happen. Or they'll say, yeah, that happens. But that's not just men. And it's like, What? Like I, and it's not just, there are women involved. It's yeah. so hard to talk about without offending people. Right. And I get that, but I'm willing to have this discussion so we can all kind of just open up the conversation yeah. instead of pointing our finger at someone
0: specific. Well, and my friend Eric came up with a really, you know, cause you know, I talked about, you know, the percentage of people in prison and war's starting. He's like, Todd, you should probably start with microaggressions. Like how many men in this group uh, have objectified women at one point or mm-hmm. another? Unless you're, you know, one of the best people ever, my hand and most other men's hands Mm -hmm. would. And
1: how do you define objectifying?
0: See. You've watched porn. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one way, of course. And most people and slash men have, but, you know, want somebody just for the sake of, you know, sexual conquests or whatever and things like that and um so there's so and and that and that helped me a little bit like i need what i'm trying to do is find out how to relay this message in a way that's more effective right. and if i'm pushing men away with the way i'm presenting the message that may be just the way it is but if i can figure out another way to do it that's kind of i've been thinking about this for the last 2 weeks since i had this meeting with the guys is i need to modify my message a little bit not to make everybody feel good but if i'm pushing you know some major players away that's not good either.
1: Well, I remember when we had Mike Damish on the show and he talked he talks about consent and he wrote a book called Can I Kiss You. He I can't remember what number show it was, but it was about 6 months ago. And one of the things he said is when he first started going around to college campuses talking about consent, It's in the early days, some professors, some teachers said to him, you know, you're coming off as like an angry guy Mm. and you're losing the guys in the audience. And he's like, "Okay, that can't happen. I don't want to be the angry guy because I'm trying to relay a message. I'm trying to have a voice that people can hear. And he really shifted the way he discussed it, even though he had a personal issue with it because his own sister was raped, which is why he started this conversation, because he couldn't believe the statistics when he when he started to to get into the work work. And I think that's what you're saying, Todd, and I know what I'm saying. And what we're always trying to say on this show is on this show, the, the interesting thing is, is we don't have a, I mean, we have a perspective, of course, and we have an opinion, but I don't need you to agree with every single aspect of what I'm saying. I'm just hoping that we can create a conversation. And when people email us and say, can you look at it from this perspective? We always do. Yeah. And even if we don't fully agree, we're like, okay, let me step in those shoes and see what that experience is like. So this conversation about men, women, or like Todd said, where is the real issue or who's causing it? It's not about saying, see, I'm right, I win. It's about saying, can we be very honest? Um, Because I see the stats and I have my personal experience with women and I know what's happening from my view and you give me kind of a good perspective from your view. Um, And here's one perspective, the spiritual perspective that people tend to talk about, or the more soul perspective and, is in each individual, as Todd said, there's the yin yang, there's the masculine, feminine, and there are some women who have toxic masculinity. Of course, you know, absolutely embodied toxic masculinity, and so they may be doing the same kind of harm, mm-hmm. maybe not in the literal physical way, but the emotional, spiritual way. And and I can hear that, you know, I've I've seen that. Yeah. I, I the the big but is where do we direct our attention?
0: which house is burning right and and are there women out there displaying t- toxic forms of masculinity of course there mm-hmm. are are there women are there wives out there who physically abuse their husbands yes, of it course happens, there are yeah. but the majority of it is Toxic masculinity in men. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: And then the question is, why does that happen? And we've done many, many, many shows on that. You know, again, it's got a lot to do with how men are raised, how our society views masculinity, our uh, son's inability to express their emotions, not because they can't do it, but because they're told not to. Mm -hmm. It can be subconscious or or completely, you know, you can have a parent who actually says you can't cry or your parents are kind of okay with it, but you get on a baseball team or a football team or some other kind of team where you cry and it's not accepted there. Right. Or you get around your buddies and they call you names because you tear up or you're too sentimental or too emotional. So there are many reasons why this happens. I don't think it's an at-birth thing. I mm. think there's a lot of societal uh, messages that create this problem.
0: Um, and you know, I, one of the reasons Kathy and I started this podcast is to facilitate discussions between you and your partner or you and your son or you and your daughter or whatever so you can use this but some other resources for you is that there's um there's a website that's really popular called the good men project that's something that talks about healthy masculinity there's an international organization that I belong to called Mankind Project. You can check them out. Just Google Mankind Project. And then the easiest thing you can do, aside from just maybe sharing this podcast with somebody that you want to have a discussion about this with, is if you're a Netflix subscriber, watch The Mask You Live In. Because for me, it's the, you know, some people don't like to read blogs, other people like to watch pretty cool documentaries. And this is one of those documentaries. So uh, it's called The Mask You Live In. It's on Netflix, you could stream it right now, you know. Um, So that's another thing that I want to um, provide to our listeners is that there's, resources out there that you can do right now. Because like I said, nothing is going to change until the people in power and, and the majority of the people in the power are white straight males for us to stand up with the people if you believe in this balanced version of masculine and feminine.
1: If we believe in equality, you know, equality. And we have such weird arguments about equality, like I feel like whenever this gets brought up and, you know, thank goodness, since we started the show, I think the word feminist has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mean it's changed its meaning, but people understand what it means. We've done shows like in 2009 or something where we talked about why people still struggle with that word feminist. And I think it's become a lot more mainstream and really all that feminism means is Equality. That's all it means. And and that if you have this, then I have access to this too. And that's
0: all we mean by that word. So for anybody who gets triggered by feminism, insert equality to it. That the word that you and I choose to use, and the majority of the people out there, is is feminism, and that's the word I subscribe to. I consider myself a feminist,
1: and and let's talk about why we say feminist. Because right there, you're already talking about the feminine. It's because they are not considered equal in society yet. Mm-hmm. See, that's where we're pulling it up, and so it doesn't mean overpowering. Feminism um, does not mean it's an overpowering. It means it's raising up to meet yeah masculinity where we can have some unity and some equality and and this is not a simple thing do you know how many strings are attached to this and how many issues and how many but but to todd's point seeing That this is something that is important, especially if you are raising daughters, especially if you are raising sons. I shouldn't even just say raising. It's both. Because I actually, this article that Todd was referring to, um, it's uh, called Talking to Boys, The Way We Talk to Girls. It was in the New York Times last
0: week, I think June 15th. Can you just tease that real quick? I do want to talk about our first partner. Oh,
1: can I finish this before you do? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. um, So again, Talking to Boys, The Way We Talk to Girls by Andrew, I think it's Reiner, uh, June 15th, 2017. So you can find it. And what's interesting is he, Andrew, emailed us and said, you may be interested in talking about this um, article because I wrote it and, you know, Mm -hmm. you guys talk about this. And he was not the only one. Um, Many people, you know, sent us this article. So obviously this is something people know we talk about a lot on the show. But one thing that I just mentioned about, you know, emotions. Um, So... Judy Chu, she's a human biologist, and she did a study of four four to five-year-old boys um, and found out that they were just as astute at reading other people's emotions, and they were just as, as inspired by forming meaningful friendships. She wrote a book called When Boys Become Boys, and she says that by the time boys reach first grade, sometimes earlier, they traded their innate empathy for a learned stoicism and greater emotional distance from their friends. Interestingly, they adopted this new behavior in public exclusively, but not at home or when their parents were around. So think about that. What what she's saying is that they have learned that outside of their home, it's important to not demonstrate empathy or, you know, that emotional aspect, that emotional part of themselves. They've, you know, they've become more stoic. But then when they go home, that's why I have so many um, moms that I talk to that say, my son is so different at home yeah. than he is when he's out with his friends. Thank goodness. And that is, uh, yeah, thank goodness in a way, but it also- It depends, also, yeah, it
0: depends which, uh, which-
1: Which way you're looking yeah. at it. But it, this is, and again, this article, and so many articles like Andrew's, they're pointing out the, the research. This is not just us saying, well, I think this. Right.
0: And I'm going to give an example. Um, Brandon Marshall is a wide receiver in the NFL. He used to play for the Bears, and then he went to the Jets, and I don't know where he is right now. And I'm going to, after I talk about it, our first partner, I'm going to play this. It's a 35 second clip. And it's about that. It's like, how did we get to be
1: in how this we place?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, canvaspeople.com. We've uh, been partnering up with them for the last few months. Uh, what it is, it's a website. You upload your photos to canvaspeople.com and then they will make it into a beautiful canvas that you can hang on your wall of your bedroom, of your living room, of your bathroom. Uh, whatever you want and um, we have been working with them for the last few months they are really really good at what they do do. they're really responsive my favorite part about it is that an 11 by 14 canvas is typically priced 69.99 if you type in the coupon code zen z-e-n you will get it for free f-r-e-e free Um, All you got to do is pay shipping. So that's canvaspeople.com. Turn the awesome photos on your laptop or your phone into beautiful artwork on your walls. So thank you, Canvas People. So here's Brandon Marshall uh, talking about um, the state of the NFL in regards to masculinity.
1: A little boy falls down. The first thing we say as parents is get up, shake it off. You'll be okay. You know, don't cry. When a little girl falls down, what we say... It's going to be okay. We validate their feelings. So right there from that moment, we're teaching our men, you know, to uh, mask their feelings, don't show their emotions. And
0: And it's that times 100 with football players. There we go. I mean that kind of sums it up in a nutshell.
1: And that's the thing is there's many men out there listening to this who are like but I don't do that. Like I'm open with my emotions. I've been in therapy. I'm working on myself. I have a coach. And that is all true and you can own that and be proud of it. But then that doesn't make it true for everybody. You know, that's the thing that's so vital is I think sometimes when we are having a personal experience with becoming more whole mm-hmm. where we're like, "Wait, I'm becoming more whole." Then our lenses start to change to see how all men are becoming more whole you are becoming more whole and because you are now you can be a you can speak about why this is important but but unfortunately sometimes men who become more whole that which is a great thing they then get frustrated when people say men
0: aren't emotional right and i want to bless the men out there that are doing that because there's a ripple to what you're doing but we can always do more and this is one of the things like you said like what are you you know objectification of women like you know if you're in a typical bar right now there's guys in a circle or at the bar watching a game and somebody's going to say some sexist joke correct are are you am i going to have the guts to stand up and say what is it about me that you think I want to hear that kind of crap
1: mm-hmm. and I, and I have a better statement that you can say, what is it, guys? I have a wife and daughters, you know n- enough, mm-hmm. like you can be jokey about it, you can be um, you don't have to ruin the whole afternoon yeah. by saying this isn't okay with me.
0: Mine is a little bit more stronger and more difficult. Yours is a little bit, yeah, kind of bring a little levity to it for, because it's easier to do what you did right. than what I said. And
1: I think that this is kind of the situation we're in when we say to our kids, stand up to bullies mm-hmm. and we don't even know how to do it. How do we really think in the, it's great to say something on paper or on this show of here's how you stand up to someone. Are you really going to say that? Yeah. Like, you know, you were just a bun- with a bunch of your friends the other night. If someone would have said a joke, would you? Really have said, guys. Yeah. What is it about me that make we yeah. wouldn't do that? Well, so wh- Dep- I
0: I'm I'm working towards. You're
1: that. working toward it, yeah. And and so I again, I honor what you're saying. I'm not saying that you're making that up, but I'm saying is that will that help someone? Like, will someone else be able to do that? Yeah. And if you feel like well, I don't. Step
0: one, don't laugh. Like that's phase one. Don't laugh at the sexist right. joke. Step two, maybe you say something, guys. Okay, come on. Enough of that. Right. Or whatever. And then step three is when you kind of stand on your soapbox and say, that's completely unacceptable. I want to move guys towards step three. Right. That's my goal. Right.
1: Right. Because that is part of equality, right? Right. It's because part of then saying, it's going to get to the point yeah. where
0: they're in a group of seven guys and six of them are, you know, sexist and the one guy will stand up. I want it to flip that. I mm-hmm. want it to be six guys at the bar all, you know, on the same page. All. About equality and feminism, and then the one guy is in the minority. Mm-hmm. Right now, in the typical bar in the United States, watching a ball game, that's not it.
1: And then us finding as a society that standing up is strength versus you're weak or you know there's this feeling of if I say something about this you know the guys are going to be annoyed at me or think I'm weak or think I'm not with them when really it's a sign of strength Mm -hmm. to and it's 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 more than an opinion how do I want to say this it's demonstrating who you really are because if you show up if you do that kind of thing where you're one way with you know the women in your life but then you go be with guys and you're like oh it's just locker room talk or it's no big deal there's not a consistency there of who you are and and, you know, like I, I'm thinking of somebody in our life that we were with a week or so ago that I love. And he can be inappropriate sometimes. And I will, when we're talking about things that we're all on the same page, I'm right there and I love him and I care about him. But as soon as he says something inappropriate, I will stop him and say, now, wait a second, right. kindness. Yeah. And
0: you didn't do that overnight. It no, took you a while time. to get you that. Strong enough to do that.
1: And so I don't shut him down and say, you're a bad person. I'm not talking to you anymore and get up and walk away from the table because that doesn't help either. Mm. That's the kind of thing where then we just disconnected, right? But within the connection, if I say, now, wait a second, what you just said wasn't kind or it was not appropriate around, you know, in front of the girls or, and I can keep looking him in the eye while I'm doing it. And I'm not breaking, I'm not breaking away from you. I am not calling, I am not, what I'm saying is in the company that you're in right now and overall- this is not a great thing to say. And then you can continue on with the conversation. But to your point, that has been a long practice. It's not something that happened overnight.
0: Yeah. And kind of like you just want to, it's not easy to kind of change everything on a dime. Some people can do that. But what we want is kind of lean into what feels most right to you.
1: Correct. But the
0: only way to do that is to know where you want to go. And the fact that I talk to men sometimes, they're like, well, it's no, everything's fine. Or it's, it's a human issue. It's not a male-female. And I'm like, it's just a convenient bunch of BS Mm -hmm. for you to say to yourself.
1: And I think that what I, again, I kind of said this in a different way before, but it's sometimes the men who say that are the ones who are very evolved. So their lenses on the world have become evolved. And so they don't view things that way anymore. So when they hear you say that, that doesn't fit who they are. Mm. They're like, I don't do that anymore. I want to treat humanity as a whole the same. And while that is awesome and we can do that at the same time, We can't lose sight of what's really happening. It's this, it kind of connects to something that I'm always interested in, which is how to be optimistic and positive and how to bring goodness in the world while simultaneously not overlooking. The negative things that are happening every yeah. day. You know, Todd and I talk about not watching the news very much. And um, even today, I walked downstairs and said, the news is just brutal today. Like, I just, it's so hard for me. Um, and so I know the rest of the night, I won't read any more news. But that doesn't mean that I go into a bubble and say, well, that's not really happening. I know it's happening. But how do I keep my energy up so I can deal with the things that are happening instead of being totally overwhelmed by it. So I become just a puddle on the floor or the other extreme, you know, pretend it's not happening at all and and just say, if I think positive thoughts, nothing bad will happen. That's, that's, that's magical thinking. Um, so there's that place in between. And that's kind of what this discussion is, is finding that place in between.
0: I want to read a quick quote on the, that I found on the New York Times. It's from some article.
1: Not I, the same one. Not, not the Andrews. same okay. one.
0: Um, We're now more likely to tell our daughters that they can be anything they want to be, an astronaut and a mother, a tomboy and a a girly girl. But we don't do the same for our sons. Even as we've given girls more choices for the roles they play, boys' worlds are still confined, social scientists say. They're discouraged from having interests that are considered feminine. They're told to be tough at all costs or else to tamp down their so-called boy energy. If we want to create an equitable society, one in which everyone can thrive, we need to also give boys more choices. So.
1: Well, this just came up the other day with uh, one of our daughters. She was asking us in the car, you know, why aren't there more bo- boys, guys, who become nurses? Mm-hmm. And she said, why is that not? And I think she was talking about a, something from Meet the Parents where they were making fun of Greg for being a nurse. And she was like, I didn't understand that part. Why are they making fun of him? And so she's not to that point of yeah. understanding that a lot of times certain jobs are considered female or male. Yeah. She's still living in kind of the world of anything. everything is open to everybody. And I I just, and I was trying to explain to her without, like, I didn't want to taint the way she was thinking. I just wanted to give her perspectives that sometimes adults have in our generation and just say from personal experience, and I said this to her, my dad, um, when he was in the hospital in nursing care, his male nurses were sometimes the most inspiring and empowering caregivers for him specifically Um, because, uh, I mean, do you remember some of the nurses that took care of my dad, especially in the hospital, like big guys, Mm -hmm. like big, like burly guys who would come in and also soothe his fears. Yes. for my dad, it was so, because my dad lost a lot of connection with other men. You know, yeah. when you're ill, you're not going out socializing yeah. very much. And for him to like have that connection with other men where he could ask them questions and they could help him with things, it would just take such a load off my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he, you know, th- we had so many of them, but like Andy's in today. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, like you were just so glad. Um, And so it's such an unfortunate, and I'm just using nurses as an example. It could be many other jobs out there, but. Teachers. Teachers. It it's. Be- such it's great to have
0: more male elementary school teachers?
1: Well, I will say this story as long as we're on that subject. Um, a friend of mine in DeKalb where I grew up, her husband just passed away about a week and a half ago. And her husband was 40 years old. He went in for some kind of like routine exam in February and found out he had colon cancer and um, has since passed away. And it was that quick. And he was a teacher in DeKalb. And it sounds like from everything I'm reading, I did not know him personally. I only knew her, that he was this amazing role model for men. Um, And in the community brought a lot of like thinking about diversity. He's an African-American man and a lot of, you know, um, inspiration to people who didn't have a certain kind of role model. Mm. And he and He's amazing, and the whole community is just mourning the loss of this man. Probably
0: one out of 20 at that school.
1: Exactly, of of men. And so it just gives you such a, you know, we need men in these jobs that tend to be more, I don't even want to say they're more emotional. There's just such a compassionate, empathetic, um, piece to certain jobs that a lot of times we just streamline. My mom always talks about when she was in school how there really were only a few jobs women could choose from. Yeah, and you know,
0: secretary, teacher, right. nurse, whatever. And
1: so, I guess my point is, is that that's what I mean about that. There's so many strings attached to this. There's so many reasons why people do or don't do what they do based on their family structure, societal norms. Um, the leadership that we have now, and that if we can each take a piece of it and just be honest about it, we can shift some culture.
0: You ready for a Gloria Steinem quote? I am. I'm glad we've begun to raise our daughters more like our sons, but it will never work until we raise our sons more like our daughters.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what we're saying. And, you know, this is what so much of the research, you know, that we've talked about over the last seven years, you know, Brene Brown's research about vulnerability with men and women and Rosalind Wiseman's, uh, you know, books, Queen Bees and Wannabes and, you know, Masterminds and Wingmen and all this, you know, all these books and information that's out there, we all know what needs to happen. But then the most important thing is acknowledging that we are part of it. And how can we personally make a shift. And like you said, I completely honor those men who are and have become more whole because they are creating a ripple effect. They are raising their sons and daughters differently. They are being members, you know, they're giving back to their community in such a way that someone is seeing the bigger picture rather than just that, you know, um, stereotypical male, you know, um, and at the same time, while they're doing that, can they see that more work needs to be done? Yeah. So that's always the balance. Yeah.
0: You could be doing a lot of amazing work for this world, but that doesn't mean that you just discount everything else. Right. We got to keep talking about it. Correct. Just keep talking about it. And then and then act.
1: Right. It's kind of like, like we can relate this to... Um, you know after Barack Obama was elected everyone's like now we live in a post racial world yeah, really yeah
0: go to t- go tell an african american that and see how that goes let's
1: talk about lgbtq rights you know they marriage equality right are we done mm-hmm. absolutely not there's more and and when we shut the door and say oh well that law was passed or we had an african american president we say it's done there's a there's a sticking our head in the sand about how m- it's not about one event yeah. it's about how we each Our respond in this society and how we view things and how we're raising our kids and how we are having this conversation and being accepting and being open-minded and hearing other people's stories. You know, we're talking about gender here, but we always like to extend it to Every every person that feels like a minority or yeah. is a minority because any injustice, any injustice. That's a good way to say it. Uh, any non equality, mm-hmm. it's all the same. Um And and these are hard topics. I know. Like Todd and I finish these shows sometimes, and we're like, ah, like you know, you never want to say something that lands the wrong way. Our intention is always good in that we're trying to open the conversation. But sometimes people get stuck on the one thing, or you said it this way, or you didn't include me, or and. And and we're not going to do it perfectly, but I am unwilling to not discuss it.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: So that's where we're going to go. Keep it messy, Todd. That's Todd's new phrase, and it, and he has it on his my mirror. coach
0: my coach Tom Fuller, who I love. He's my coach. I talk to him on the phone every month, and um, he said, you know, because I I actually had a session with him. We had one agenda planned, and I said, listen, I need to talk about this this topic, which we're talking about on today's podcast. And we talked for an hour about it. And he's, he saw a lot of enthusiasm and agitation and emotion. And he's like, keep doing that.
1: He's, he got, he saw you were riled up.
0: I was riled up mm-hmm. and I'm okay if it doesn't land perfectly to every person I talk to, because the way I see it is because I don't want to get small or refrain or shut myself down. And I might have to take my lumps for saying I, I said the wrong thing at soul camp. Um, yes, 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 yes. I, I, I think I disconnected from the people that I was talking to.
1: Momentarily. With. I think momentarily, you got them back. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, that happens. But I'm, I'm going to keep pushing. And when I screw up, which is going to happen, I need to say sorry and learn and move on.
1: Well, and that's kind of the Cause thing. Because
0: it's safer not to say anything. Right. And that's not safer. That's actually the most dangerous thing that we could do. What's that saying? The world, the, the, in order for evil to flourish, is for great people to do nothing.
1: Right. right. And and the scariest thing is indifference. Yeah. It's not, you know, what side you're on and what it's when people are indifferent, yeah. when they just say, ah, oh, I'm just going to not look at this at all or not talk about this, or I'm not involved in this, so I'm not going to deal with it. And we all are involved in it because we're all one, mm-hmm. you know, for those of you who didn't know this, we're all connected to each other. And you may say, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Something that happens on the other side of the world affects what happens to us. Something that happens to someone across the street affects what happens. To us, not and that's metaphysics. That's metaphysics. Yeah, this is this. It's physics. Yeah. yeah, it's it's straight up. You know, we are all interconnected, um, and so. You know, we like to think that we can shut things out and say, that's not going to affect me. But in some roundabout way, everything affects each other. And now the good news is, now that may sound scary to some, but the good news is then the good things you do affect everybody too. Right. So it's not just about sit there and be afraid because other people aren't making good choices. It's about make good choices even when no one's watching. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what drives me crazy when people are like, I did this, you know, I want to make sure this, you know, person knows I gave him a tip. Did you Did you see what I did? Did you see what I did? And we, we need that adulation all the time. We need someone to pat us on the back. Just do the right thing even when no one's watching because even if no one's watching physically, it is making a shift in the universe. Just because you can cheat and no one will catch you doesn't mean you should cheat, whatever cheat means, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, yes.
0: Um, you want to do a listener question?
1: Yes, but I wanted to go back to what you said about messy really quick. Sure. Um, you were saying that, you know, Tom said something to you about getting messy. And I I think that the language, and Todd's not going to change his language because that means something to him and he shouldn't change it for me. Um, but what I said to him is I just believe in not necessarily being messy for messy, but that sometimes you have to disrupt things to take a look at it is there's always the discomfort before the, you know, the solution or a discomfort before a change. And we don't want to go through the discomfort. And so we don't do anything to make the change. Even a girlfriend of mine was having to have a difficult conversation with her daughter. And she was so worried about having the conversation because she was afraid she was going to offend her daughter and her daughter would be mad the next day. And she didn't want to blah, blah, blah. You know, she was she was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I was like, you have to deal with the discomfort to get to where you want to go. And that's often just the first conversation, the opening remark, maybe the first five minutes you were listening to this podcast where you're like, I'm not comfortable. If you get through that, then all of a sudden everything opens yeah. where you're like, okay, I can see this. I, I don't necessarily agree with everything you said, but I see my role or my lack of role. Um so anyway, if you don't, like, get messy, like Todd said, because you're like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable, maybe just be willing to be disruptive mm-hmm. occasionally for the sake of harmony. Yeah.
0: And you could be respectfully disruptive. Absolutely. I'm not saying just make enemies, because that doesn't do anything. It's like the war on drugs. Like, that doesn't work. You You know, you got to... Go at it with a positive intention as opposed to making somebody else less than.
1: Right. Your messiness and my disruptiveness is not so we can be messy disruptors. Yes. It's because there's something on the other end of that that is harmonious, yeah. that is uh, more solution-oriented, that is more equal, that is more kind. And so sometimes it's that discomfort that then creates the kindness. And so- there we go.
0: Um, question. Be- before we get to the listener's question, we do ha- we do something called Team Zen. Yes, and we do it three times a month. Yes, even though June we did it four times this month, and it's basically an extra podcast, but it's interactive. So people that subscribe to this su- subscription base twenty five bucks a month, but um, it's more interactive. So you can we can have back and forth on these calls, which is what we've been doing, which we really love. But this is a quick bullet point of what we did on the last Zen talk. Um, how to change the story about family meals. So some of it's very practical as far as how we eat, what we eat, what we value most, Um, how to empower a kid who lives out of the box while also teaching them about social norms. And then how to find balance when it comes to needing control. Those were kind of the bullet point highlights of um, our Zen Talk last week. And we're doing another one tomorrow, I think.
1: Tomorrow at noon. Actually,
0: it would be today. Today, because you're listening to it on Tuesday. Um, So if you're interested, go to ZenParentingRadio.com, click on... Events?
1: Yeah, click on events. And it's the first thing there. Uh, we're calling it Team Zen, the Zen Talks. And then we have a Facebook page where we have conversation, um, building a community. And we have decided, because there's some um, things that I want to do virtually, like I did a, a mother – Um, mothering teens workshop here in Elmhurst a couple weeks ago. And a lot of people emailed me and said, "Will you do that virtually. So when I offer something like that, it's going to be free to Team Zen um, where everyone else will have to pay. So you're going to get what we're trying to do is build. And so for those of you that are in Team Zen, hopefully you're enjoying what we have already. But we're trying to create more More value, more value to it. Um, You know, when the conference comes around, you guys will probably be able to buy tickets first. Mm. You know, there might be discounts like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's a
0: work in progress, and yeah. we're just kind of doing it and letting it evolve yeah. with some ideas that that uh, comes to us. So. Correct. So here's the question. Ready? Uh, my little boy is four now, so this is a, from a dad. My little boy is four. He has a one year old sister. He hasn't been to a daycare or school yet in his life. We chose to keep him home with us, hoping for hoping to homeschool or find a Waldorf or Waldorf like style school. We really like their philosophy. Lately, he's been a struggle. He yells at us, tries to run over us, going to sleep later, going to sleep later, refusing to go lay down. We try hard to stick to conscious parenting, not passive, but not aggressive. Lately, we feel like he needs strong discipline or even force. I feel that may be just fear talking, but I'm also fearful fearful he may just keep becoming more aggressive and hurtful. I'm at lost on how to parent him. Thanks for any words.
1: Hmm. Um, well, there's a few things that, I'm interested. How he started saying he hasn't been to school yet. He's um, four,
0: so they just kept him at home,
1: right? And and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, it's not. I, I'm not pointing that out because that's a problem. I'm. I. It's interesting that he shared that at the beginning. There's a reason why he would say that mm-hmm. first and foremost. Most likely because he's trying to explain that his that his son so far has been raised. Just by he and his partner. Yeah. Um, And so with that said, because you started with that sentence, there might be a consideration where you're thinking not that he has to, you know, go to preschool tomorrow or something, but that maybe having him have interaction with other children or other adults – would be kind of interesting. I don't know if it'd be a good idea or something you want to do or something that you're like, no, Kathy, that's not where I'm going at all. But sometimes having other um, adults and other children in our child's life eases some of the pressure on us because they can have more outlets. You know, we can have more time where we have our own time and they have you know, time with other adults and children, like I said, and it may get some of their energy out. It may allow them to um, be less frustrated because they have different outlets. I I don't know, but that's just one thing to consider. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because you had that sentence at the beginning. I sometimes, the way people ask a question sometimes gives me insight to maybe what would be helpful. Now, if that doesn't sound interesting to you at all, if you're like, that's not it, um, my thought would be, two things. Number one, that at four, him doing what he's doing is very typical. Um, Usually it's around three and oftentimes around four, girls and boys tend to push away. It's developmentally appropriate. It's called separation individuation and they really need to be not your left arm anymore. They need to have their own identity. Um, This happens again when they're around 13, 12 and that seeing it as developmentally appropriate might ease your mind a little bit. Yeah with that said separation individuation is not permission to treat you poorly or to hit you or hurt you or to you know um i'm not saying that that means everything he does and says is okay but if, he
0: yells at us and tries to run over us
1: yeah and and again that's it's not specific enough right. yeah so um if he's yelling at you um, saying, letting him know. And again, at four, I know people will say, oh, he's only four. But he can understand this saying, I can't really hear you when you're that loud. Let's find another way. And you can even play with, let's talk
0: quiet mm. to
1: each other. And you need to kind of become the
0: calm one. And get down to his level.
1: Yeah, get down to his level, literally. Yeah, Like literally. be where he is eye to eye. And he may say, no, I'm going to yell and say, I can only hear when we're talking like this. And you get quieter because what um, we, we've talked about this a lot on the show, this reciprocity of what is it called again, where you're talking to someone and then they reciprocate the way you
0: talk? Reflective listening?
1: No, that's, that's where you reflect back what someone says. Mm-hmm. It's where you, um, we did a show about it, about the guy who showed up at the complimentary,
0: oh, complimentary incongruent, behavior. Con- Congruent behavior versus incongruent I think
1: it was in, in- non-complimentary.
0: I, I thought it was incongruent behavior or something like that, but Because incongruent means that it doesn't match. So when somebody's going nuts, screaming, you got to do the opposite.
1: You're right on target, but I I think the word's complimentary.
0: Sweetie, believe (laughs) I'm right.
1: You know what's funny? Hmm. Congruence... And complimentary. I mean, they're not complete synonyms, but we're saying the same same thing. thing. So regardless of which word you choose, if you can calm down and you can and you didn't say that you were wound up, but if you can get your voice quieter, he may bring his down. And also giving him you know, options like what is usually behavior is a form of communication, right? So maybe he doesn't want a nap. Like maybe when you're saying "go rest," you need to rest. Maybe his yelling is saying "I don't want to rest." Like a lot of times, kids stop napping around mm-hmm. then. So you can listen to him yeah, and there's say, "So
0: many different variables. Like we here, don't yeah. know what the variables are." But he does say, uh, "We feel like he needs strong discipline or even force." But then he says, "I feel that may just be fear talking." I would say acknowledge that that actually is fear talking because if you did end up using strong discipline or force, my guess is you might modify this little boy's behavior in that moment. And then 10 minutes later, an hour later, you're going to feel like, crap, what did I just do? And it's not going to feel right. Like trust your gut. So.
1: Exactly. And and again, what is his behavior? His behavior is communication. Mm-hmm. Four-year-olds don't have the kind of communication we do as adults. And so instead of looking at his behavior as being offensive or doing it to manipulate you, or trying to harm you, or that all of a sudden he's becoming different, view it as communication. What's yeah. he trying to tell us? Yeah. Because you may have a rhythm you like, like he does this, then he does this, then he takes a nap, and then you work, and then, and I'm making all this up right now, but. I remember when my girl stopped napping, I was like, wait, that's my two hours to work. Yeah. And I didn't like that new rhythm. But when they told me in sometimes not always kind terms, I'm done with that or I've moved on from that or I need something different. Um, we have to – following their lead doesn't mean they run over us. It means we say, OK, what are what are they saying? And simultaneously giving them other options. If he's yelling – You give him another option, which is the more quiet and slow we speak to each other, the more we can hear each other. And, um, uh, you know, like Todd said, that we don't have a lot of details, but I agree with him that the whole idea of, you know, discipline or being harsh on him, you may get the result you're looking for, but you've missed the communication. You've missed what he's trying to tell you. There's a disconnect. There's a complete breakdown. So, um, And be gentle on yourself. Four is hard. Three and
0: four are tough. Yeah, and he's got
1: a one-year-old daughter too. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, now in hindsight, I can kind of look at that time, and this doesn't necessarily end as they get older, but it's all kind of just a mystery. Like, you kind of have to look at it like you're Scooby-Doo and be like, what's happening here? Be curious. Be curious. Like, what's changing? What are they saying to me? Rather than, it should look this way, or you were this way yesterday, therefore you should be this way today. Like, what's what's the mystery? Like, what's the... Thing you want to learn more about and not think that when they do something you don't like, it means you're failing as a parent. You just have to put on your Sherlock Holmes hat like Todd does. That's right. Todd sometimes literally puts on a Sherlock Holmes hat and puts a pipe in his mouth.
0: It's a prop for um, some talks I sometimes give. But it's funny, my Sherlock Holmes idea has evolved into something else now. What is it? Well, it's the whole idea of instead of being a fix-it or curious about how to solve a problem, it's presence.
1: Yeah, Well, why is Sherlock Holmes about presence?
0: When I put my Sherlock Holmes hat is I'm trying to, like let's say you and I are in a heavy discussion. Uh I want to think of the most important thing to say to make your pain go away. Right. Or how do I learn from this so we don't get into this again? Uh If I'm doing all those things, I'm not, presently with
1: Right. You. And so that's very true with a kid too, yeah. right? If you're thinking to yourself when your kid is doing, is demonstrating some kind of behavior that's uncomfortable, if you're thinking, what will this look like at seven, eight or nine, or what did I, how did I get parented? And should I bring that into the mix? Or, you know, maybe I'm doing everything wrong. It's what does this child need right
0: now? And my definition of presence, there's a million of them out there, but the one that's easiest for me to remember is being aware of what's going on around you without judgment, Yeah, which is a mouthful and I'm not going to say it's impossible because our brain is hardwired to judge and discern, but at least I know what I'm shooting for, Mm -hmm. to be aware of what's going on around me without judgment. And whether you're talking with your partner at the time or your mom or your dad or your son or your daughter, it's really challenging not to judge uh, because it's all enmeshed and interconnected and egos and hard feelings and baggage. But if you can step away from all that and just be as non-judgmental as possible. You're on the right track.
1: And that's because that's what our brains do. They judge. And so we judge a situation. And within that judgment, we say either my child is wrong. There's something wrong with him. I need to be harsher on him. Or we say, I'm not parenting right. Maybe the way I think isn't correct. And there's this place in between where it's like, this behavior is uncomfortable. So what does it mean? Rather than what does it say about me? And that is, um, you know, and also, you know, this too shall pass. Like sometimes phases that you think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this is really just a phase. Like he may not react this way.
0: And my guess is that this gentleman who wrote to us is, uh, bless him for writing in and being concerned because there's a lot of parents out there that be- This is
1: very typical question, right? Yeah. I mean, this is common.
0: But he is, um, I forgot what I was going to say. It.
1: Were you going to say that he's being hard on himself?
0: Um I was going to say that, but I was going to follow, up, follow it up with something extremely profound. It
1: was so profound,
0: extremely profound. But I don't remember.
1: Everything what it was. you say is profound, Todd.
0: Um, last but not least, we have an iTunes review. Oh, nice, my darling. Um, this is from Bohin Carbarian from okay. Germany. Oh, I love it. Um, she says it's totally awesome. I think it's a she. She's totally awesome. I'm listening to Todd and Kathy's podcast for several years. It seems to have almost nothing to do with traditional Zen. It is indeed about living Zen. If you're interested in becoming a better parent or spouse so that the love and kindness in your family and relationship can flourish, simply in getting inspired, inspiring impulses and perspectives on life, this is the podcast I recommend.
1: Mm, That's so nice. I just
0: found out on the Jonathan Fields podcast in his intro, um, if you're listening to this on your phone, you can submit a review from your phone. No way. So this is what you do. Uh, if you're already listening to us on your phone and you're, you're in our catalog of stuff, that's not where you do it from. Instead, you go to the search box in your podcast app okay. and just do a search for Zen Parenting Radio. And when you do that, there is three different things like review, feed, or something else. You click on review and it says submit my own review. So you can wow. do it from your own phone.
1: That's great. So do
0: a search. So from your podcast app on your iPhone, do a search for Zen Parenting Radio. Right now, I'll wait. I'm waiting right now. Right now, for the people everybody, to go do. do it. Okay, wait. Oh, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> uh, do a search for Zen Parenting Radio. Um, click on the review, and then there is a button that says "Submit your own review." And because the reason we ask that is it helps us be found by other people who are looking for a good parenting podcast. And
1: to. Um to our friends, you know, her comment about this is not traditional Zen. Zen in, you know, we've done shows about what we mean by calling the Zen Parenting Radio. And we've kind of taken all the info. you know, I've read plenty about Zen and not a master, not saying that I've studied it in the way that many people have, but my understanding of it is that it's self understanding. Mm-hmm. It's seeing things, it's self-awareness of being clear about what you're doing, who you are, what's happening around you. And we're trying to, to her point, bring that idea of Zen into practice because the idea is wonderful and it feels good and it and it makes sense and you know we love our zen moments and you know when we read a zen proverb we're like that's great but how do you then live that that's what we're trying to talk about on the show
0: that might be one of our taglines self-understanding to blank remember you and i oh
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: we always have a lot of different ideas about taglines taglines it's
1: very hard to to have an all-encompassing sentence about this show it is
0: these are a few of them, self-understanding to change your world, self-understanding to shape our world, expand our world.
1: Self-understanding so we're good to people. Yeah. That was one of my basic ones. Just
0: be good to people.
1: Yeah. And just be yourself. And
0: and you know what else you need to do is you need to also look out for our other two amazing partners, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. If you live in Chicago and you are a fan of chiropractic or you have a bad back or a bad neck or bad nervous system. Dr. Kelly is your person. She 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 can be found at Cairotree.com. And then there's good old Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Scotland area. So if you're thinking of redoing your kitchen or painting your walls or whatever, he is your guy. And that's avidco.net, avidc net. Or you can just give him a call at 630-956-1800. That's the deal with that there, sweetie. That's great. You got anything else? Oh, I got movie lines.
1: Mm.
0: I forgot about that. What does that lines.
1: mean, you've got movie lines? You Like you're going to test me? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, they're pretty easy. All right. Lunch? Oh, uh, you got to be kidding. Lunch is for wimps. That one's not so easy.
1: I was going to say, I don't know.
0: Same movie. Greed, for lack of a better word. Oh,
1: it's Wall Street. good. So Todd and I just the other day watched the end of Boiler Room. Do oh, you guys yeah. remember Boiler Room with Giovanni Ribisi? Vin Diesel. then um, Diesel. Like, it's such a, we, I kept asking Todd, like, throughout the, I, it's just such an interesting movie, and they actually, during the movie, are watching Wall Street, yeah. because they idolize Gordon Gekko, and, but Boozing. I want to be like, what idiots? Charlie Sheen goes to prison at the end, and you guys are all going to go to prison for doing this. It's like this this chip in our brain, where we're like, I'm going to do yeah. what they do, even though the end of the movie is not good.
0: Yeah, I know. Okay. Ready for next one? Yeah. Please get out of my Van Halen T-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up.
1: That is the wedding singer.
0: Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm a schizophrenic, and so am I. (laughs)
1: That's what about Bob.
0: There are two kinds of women, high maintenance and low maintenance. And Ingrid Bergman is low maintenance? An LM, definitely. Which one am I? You're the worst kind. You're high maintenance, but you think you're low maintenance.
1: That's When Harry Met Sally. It's interesting to hear that now with mm-hmm. the, everything we just talked about. Yeah. Because Ingrid Berman in... Is she they're talking about Casablanca. movie, by the way. Yeah, it's kind of like a non-caring, you know, I can do it myself kind of attitude. And that, that's that kind of old school thinking of, you know, if women are non-emotional and don't get too caught up in things, then they're low maintenance. Right. But if they actually have a emotional take on something, then they're high maintenance. And he's talking about the way Sally, like, orders her lunch. Yeah. I don't think that he's trying to be... Disrespective, disrespectful, disrespectful but.
0: that's right um, alright well I think that's all I got you got anything I got lots of things but I, got- I think that's all for today yeah that's all I got
1: alright so we're going to have a good week back from vacation
0: yay <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways <laughs> that's all I got alright yeah. baby keep trucking everybody
1: have a wonderful week pre Fourth of July week. And we will have a show on Fourth of July, right? Yeah, Next I guess Tuesday? So. Next Tuesday. We haven't
0: missed one in seven years. Why stop now? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we will. So while you're on vacation, you can listen to it.
0: We'll have fireworks on there.
1: No, that's dangerous. Oh, yeah. No fireworks down here.
0: And just keep trucking, everybody, all right? That's right. All right, bye.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio... They are. ...consider leaving us a review on iTunes. We love them. This helps people find us, or you can just tell
0: a friend about our show. Even better. Word of mouth, right?
1: Right. Todd and I, we do our speaking engagements about Zen Parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or an organization, contact us at kathy at zenparentingradio.com.
0: We love speaking to groups.
1: Hey. Hey, now. Guess what? Next year's Zen Parenting Conference is March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. Sweet. If you want to know more about this or any of our upcoming events, go to zenparentingradio.com and click events.
0: If you like reading awesome parenting books, read Kathy. She's got three of them. And the way to find out about them is go to zenparentingradio.com and click on the store. Thank you. You're welcome. Award winning, I might add.
1: I know. So you coach guys. I
0: love coaching guys. And you're good at it. I do it on Skype, face-to-face, and even on the phone. And we talk about uh, parenting, uh, relationships, finance, career, work-life balance. It's awesome. So first session's free. If you're interested, go to ToddAdamsCoaching.com.
1: Great. And if you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It won't cost you anything, I promise. Yeah. But we get a small commission from Amazon. It's just
0: an easy way of making money. And you're going to buy from Amazon anyway, so you might as well go through our homepage. All right. Right Right-hand side. Amazon link. Great. Great. (laughs) Hey, and thanks for being such an awesome listener. You know?
1: (laughs) our sponsors
0: oh yeah um i also want to thank our two amazing partners dr kelly from the tree of life chiropractic care and avid company painting and remodeling avidco.net and dr kelly's at chirotree.com. thank you so much for all your love and support keep on trucking sweetie case say keep on trucking
1: keep on trucking i say it better i know that's all right keep trucking
0: adios